Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the best of the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera here with you on a Saturday. Thanks for making us part of your weekend. This is the show where you get five minutes, give or take, of every show we do during the week. Just in case you missed it, couldn't finish a full episode, or just maybe want to hear somebody new that you haven't listened to on the network before, before we get into the best clips of the week, I just want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. If you take the time to leave a review, we appreciate it, and we will read it on the show. This one comes from NTD Nick 51 Five stars. Thanks for all you do. Last year, I stumbled onto Rob and the team while looking for additional 49er podcasts, and it was the best thing that could have happened to me as a fan. I love the honest takes and unbiased opinions of the entire team. I've been wanting to write a review for the longest time, but I was inspired to do so this week by Levin and his take on toxic masculinity. While others mocked and chose to kick Jake Moody when he was down, Levin reminded us all that it's okay to be a human and experience emotion. I appreciate everything the Gold Standard team brings to the 49er community. I can only imagine how good the shows are going to be after we win the Super Bowl this year. Nick, from your lips to God's ears, we appreciate the kind words. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your ratings and your reviews. Everybody, please, they help us move up the charts on Apple Pods, and that's how more people find us. So the more you can do, the more we move up, the better everyone is. So thank you for that. Okay, let's get right into it now. We're 
I don't have a clip from Monday's show because that obviously took place before the game in week seven. And it feels really old to go all the way back to the day before the week seven game, a day before they play in week eight. So this show is going to be a little shorter this week. No Monday show, but that's our under review show with myself and Vish Kumaran. It's great because it's the day after the game and we really break down what happened. So it's nothing in this show, but if you want to go watch that, you can look at the old episodes or go on YouTube. I highly recommend you checking it out. So. Let's start. Tuesday, it's Bully Ball. It's Jason Aponte and Steph Sanchez. If you want some positivity, if you want something to hang your hat on, right, and you kind of want to feel a little bit better about, historically under Kyle Shanahan, this team has peaked later in the season. We're not used to them getting out to a 5-0 and record where they're completely dominant. Because even in 2019, they were winning games, but they, they didn't feel like a finished product. Like, they weren't like a team that was a well-oiled machine, right? Like, that's what we kind of saw the first five weeks. And then they figured it out later in the season. You go back to the last two times that they went to the NFC Championship game, figured it out at the end of the season. The adjustments are made, right? But I think what everybody is a little bit nervous about is, well, that's not the defensive coordinator that was there because D'Amico just seemed to get better as the season went on. And, and especially, you know, again, covering up for Ambry Thomas and, and, and adjusting the scheme to a, to a point where you're not putting the youngster in a bad spot and even giving him confidence because he played well. So you can point to historical data under Kyle Shanahan and say this team peaks later on. And if you don't believe in Steve Wilkes, I want to say this. In 2019, the defensive coordinator was Robert Sala. Last year was D'Amico Ryans. This year was Steve Wilkes. All of those things can be fixed. I don't know how they fix it. I don't know what's the secret sauce. But you can still look at this team and say, well, at least they've done it before and shown. Now, the hesitance that a lot of people have is how crucial it is to get home field. And when you kick away a game that you think you should have won against the Vikings and you probably kick away one against Cleveland. And now look, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles lost to the Jets, but now look. The Eagles start look like they're rounding into shape right now, and they're getting reinforcements. Wouldn't be shocked if they they not done at the at the trade deadline. And shout out to Howie Roseman, man. I I'm so, stop getting better. I I can't stand <laughs> it, man. All they ever do is just get better. Um, but the race for the number one seed, and there's many games that you could point to last year and say, well, that's the one that cost them. That's the one that cost them. Do you want to have to go to Philly, especially with the way that they're not really performing in closer games right now? That's not a recipe for success. So while maybe you should be concerned about that, I do think there is still historical data with Kyle Shanahan that this team peaks at the end of the year and gets hot. Yeah, and Rob just put up the the 49ers are 11-17 in October under Kyle Shanahan. So that that does look like a trend. I do want to say, like, that's probably skewed by, you know, a couple of, you know, pretty bad seasons, but not great but at the same time we should feel good that this team one is is still clearly a playoff team and two they are going to figure it out but yeah jay you mentioned the biggest concern with that is that there are some really good teams teams that were also good last year who are not having you know the same back-to-back you know lost stretch that the 49ers are seeing right now and we saw last year how the slow start of the 49ers really hurt them in the end when they did have to, you know, travel for the playoffs, when they did have to have to go to Philly. And the way it's looking right now, like they're they're not getting the number one seed. The way it's looking right now, I'm not right. making any definitive statements, but well, they at least get to play the Eagles. Yeah. 
that that can really help, right? Like that can really, really help. Like if you're able to win in Philly and that that can be if you're still close, Man. they still have a chance to play Philly. But you have yeah. to start winning games now. Like you can't drop a third one now to the Bengals. And the Eagles do have like a tough schedule on tap mm-hmm. here. But as mm-hmm. you mentioned, Jay, they're also getting better. They they look like they're they're getting into shape. They're making moves at the deadline that are helping them. And they had a fantastic draft, man. Like Jalen Carter. Those why guys, did you those guys are making imp, like impact plays for them this early in the season already. Can you imagine when they have like a full full season of you know improving and all these things? So I'm, yeah, I am C for concerned about you know the C Philadelphia for Eagles for sure and. Yeah, the 49ers can't waste any time. Like, I thought that was the sentiment going into the season, right? Like, I I thought they were, like, so focused in getting to the Super Bowl and, you know, every every game was going to be important in getting there. And, you know, now we've seen them drop two, so I I don't know what's happening, right? And I know Fred Warner, one of the things he said is he wants them to improve the mental toughness, right? And obviously when you're in these tough games and these ugly games, you have to be able to still like find a way to win. You can't just stay in that mode and in that rut. I don't know. Rut is the the word of the day for me. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like they have to find a way to get out of it to respond and to answer. And so it's not going to get easier. It's not going to get easier against the Bengals, but they have to find a way to do it. Wednesdays is myself and 49ers beat writer Grant Cohn. We usually get mad about something if we're not mad at each other. After the game, the comments from some of the players, specifically Fred Warner and Nick Bosa, I thought were incredibly telling. I mean, Nick Bosa basically said, we thought we were the, we thought we were it at 5-0. and And now come to find out we're actually not. What a come down. And it's like, what's crazy about this team is it's not a young up and coming team. You'd understand if this was like 2019 and they've been bad for a while. It's like, oh, you know, success just got to our heads. We've been so bad for so long, 10 consecutive losing seasons. Whoa. You know, like I never thought we'd we'd have all these riches. And it's like, man, you've had this problem for like four years. You've been the team that gets ahead of yourself for four years. You've been the team that crowns itself in September and October. Like you've been the team that, fawns over praise from the national media all of that stuff you know like that's all the reason that you're not a championship team people say you got a championship roster that might be true you know like all the pieces are in place but it seems like the culture the attitude of this team is too arrogant and i I don't know like after the loss of the browns they were like all right that's what we needed like no that's an arrogant response still still like what you need to say is we're not as good as we thought we were and I think they're finally getting there. At least Nick Bosa is. If you missed Bosa's comment, here it is. Five and zero start. You kind of get that confidence that um, we are who we need to be. And um, but NFL does that. It's good players, good good schemes, um, and we're gonna face another good team this week. Uh, so we gotta be ready. For him to say that, and that you, you took the words right out of my mouth. This is not their first go, the 49ers. They should not have been caught up in this. They should be smart enough to know that you can't just show up and win. And yet, clearly, it seems like they were under that impression in the last two weeks. And I agree. The mentality inside the locker room needs to be, we are not the big bad wolf. We are not the big bad team that, you know, we think we were. 
we need to go back to work. Right, because again, after the loss of the Browns, what they told themselves was, we're still that juggernaut. We just got overconfident and we didn't give our best effort. So now we needed, we, we got a wake up call, we're good. Then you lose again to the Vikings and you really have to look in the mirror and be honest and say, you know what? It's not that we were overconfident. It's not, it, we're not a juggernaut. We've lost two in a row. There's a very good chance we're going to lose three in a row. And it's not because of our attitude. It's because we were, uh, we overestimated who we are and it's early in the season and we can still get to that point, but we're not there yet. And we didn't prove anything by beating the Cowboys and it's time to get serious again. After they beat the Cowboys, how many different little uh, petty social media skirmishes did the Niners get into, right? Like Debo versus Micah Parsons. Uh, Debo versus Chauncey Gardner Johnson, like all this stuff. Debo versus the entire Browns before the before the the game. Like, just focus on the game at hand, and you guys might, you know, go back to winning every game. Keep the main thing, the main thing. It's very very frustrating, and and it's urgency, right? There there wasn't any urgency, even with the Browns loss. It was like like well, well if Jake Moody makes the kick, we would have been fine. But like okay, but yeah. he didn't make the kick, and. You lost, and now right. you lost against the Vikings. So I would like to see a little bit of urgency. We got a bunch of super chats here, so I want to get to them. We'll start with Slick Niner. Was Mike McDaniel the creative offense from the past? I don't think. I don't think there's a lack of creativity on offense. I think they're I just do. not running the damn ball well enough yet. Can I make the case for a little lack of creativity? I mean, ever was first of all, McDaniel left last year. The offense was struggling. They're scoring like 19 points a game. They fixed it by trading for McCaffrey. And since they traded for McCaffrey, it feels like Kyle Shanahan's best or only idea is to feed McCaffrey as much as physically possible, <laughs> which I, I don't know if that's creativity or just pragma pragmatism. I mean, he's your best player and your offense works best when it goes through him. But look at him and, and, and look at what's happening to him. And we all saw this coming. He's not Derrick Henry. I don't know. I mean, how, creati how creative has, has Kyle Shanahan's usage of McCaffrey been? It's been excessive, excessive. I, think, I think it's been both it's been creative and he uses the hell out of him i mean the fact that he was going into this game with an injured oblique and then played every single snap <laughs> like holy crap man we could yeah, get but his numbers have fallen off a cliff since week four like he so, hasn't cracked four yards of carry since week four like what's up with that Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On Thursday, it's the original Gold Standard podcast with myself and the human wet blanket, Levin Black. They lose this game. I'm going to be miserable for two weeks, even more so than normal. So, like, I, I just, five and three, I don't know how you feel. Like, I, I've made my point. I think this team, if they go into the bye week five and three, you know, it's nothing's guaranteed. But I'm about as confident as I am on anything that they're not going to rebound. They might still make the playoffs because enough teams make the playoffs these days that you can squeak in. But my my thought is that they're not a Super Bowl contender anymore. That team has too many, too much, I guess, infighting, people not doing their jobs, taking things for granted. I just, 
I, I don't see how they can recover from five and three and get back to being this dominant team. I am not willing to go that far, by the way. Chris says, preach Levin the truth, Black. You, sir, are the GOAT. That's a damn lie, but we appreciate the super <laughs> chat nonetheless, Chris. I think that too many people are saying, oh, we're a second half team. Look what we did the last two years. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Like I, You can't count on that. These amazing runs in the second half of the year, every year, you can't just assume that's going to happen. Those things are very rare. That's what makes them special at the time. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Levin. How many times during the winning streak did we say, appreciate this? Don't take it for granted. This isn't always how life is in the NFL. Now we're in the dark times, okay? But I think if you go into the buy five and three, what you've done is you've you've used up all the cushion that you had that that five and zero start had you, you've, you've wasted a lot of that five and zero start. Frankly, if you go into the bye week six and two, you're okay. You are okay. If you go into the bye week six and two, would yeah. you agree with that? Like as, as rocky as it may have been for the last two weeks, six and two going into your bye, everything they want is still achievable for them. Yeah. If they get to six and two, especially beating a team that I think most of the league views as a Super Bowl contender, in the Bengals when Burton Alaburo is healthy. Like there's a lot of respect for that Bengals team around the league. You hear players talk about it every week about that Bengals team. So I think there's a lot of respect there. So I think that gives them even extra confidence going into the bye week. Like, Hey, we righted the ship. We just beat a really good team. We're good to go. I, I do feel like it should be said that this team is doing the same thing that they've done all the other years. They just did it at the start. You kind of hinted on it, but the players, the players talked about how this year they're being different, that they've, yeah, they've kind of taken things for granted at the beginning of each season, thinking things would just come. And then they had to focus when their backs were against the wall and they were able to then go on a win streak and all that. Well, they won five games. They got full of themselves. Yep. They turned off the heat. Mm-hmm. They started taking things for granted like they normally do at the start of the season. And now it's a question, can they flip it and get back to being dominant? I don't know. There's only so many times you can push that button, right? There's That's, only so many charges in, in something like that. I totally agree. They wanted to focus on coming out of the gate strong, and they did. And then they were like, oh, all right, we're good. Mm, no. I mean, Bosa said it. He literally said it after the game. that They were smelling their flowers, that they thought they were the team they needed to be after five weeks. And then they got humbled twice. And the key is, are they actually humbled? Or are they just paying lip service, right? Are they actually saying we need to go to work and grind and not take things for granted? I don't know. I don't know. I can't say. Well, we'll find out. Cynthia, YouTube channel member, says Kyle is wrong for calling out Steve Wilkes publicly. Sam playing Sunday, we're screwed. Kyle is wrong for calling out Wilkes publicly. Sam playing Sunday, we're screwed. Love the show. Thank you very much, Cynthia. Um, I don't think we're screwed with Sam Donald. That's not where I want to be. I don't think it's as good as Purdy. I, I will say this. Half the time, Darnold can play every bit as good as Purdy can play. <laughs> right. So you got a 50-50 shot that you're going to have a quarterback out there that's playing as good as Purdy would play, doing everything that Purdy would have done, right? It's the other half of the time that's the problem for Darnold. We always close the week with one of my favorite people on the planet. That's Michelle Majuk from the NFL Network and the Ball Blast Football Podcast. We approach the game from a betting and gambling standpoint on Fridays. So here are our best bets for 49ers Bengals in week eight. Let's get to some best bets now. How many best bets do you have for us this week? 
I have four, and I'm going to start with a fun one that I found. I've never Ooh. seen these before. Okay, I've got a couple also. I like your best bets. For the record, last week you had three. San Francisco with a first quarter lead, which God knows they should have had, but they didn't. They didn't yeah. have it. The first time they don't have it is the first <laughs> time I bring it up. Like, I, I'm done, done. Uh, you had... Brandon Ayuk over 65 and a half receiving yards. He was close, but he did not hit that number. He in might have quarter, or first half. He had like what? 56 or something. Yeah. He didn't catch a pass in the second half of the game. So if he had, even if he had caught one pass in the second half, he might've gotten it. You did have Daniel Hunter over 0.5 sacks. The Vikings had a sack. It was by Daniel Hunter. You nailed that one. Excellent work out of you. Uh, I had George Kittle's over, which is going to be a recurring theme on the program today. So yay me, but I didn't hit on my other bets. Okay. Four best bets from you this week. Give me your fastball. All right. This is a fun one. It's on DraftKings Sportsbook. So this is where you can find it. It's race to 20 rushing yards. So it's the first player to have 20 rushing yards in the game for either team. Right. And they have Christian McCaffrey at plus one Oh five. So you're still getting plus money for him. I was shocked by that because yeah, I mean, it's, he has the shortest odds. So the least amount of money that you're making compared to all the other guys you can bet, but Joe Mixon sucks and they're the Bengals running game sucks right now. So, unless one of the quarterbacks breaks off a long run, right to start the game, like Christian McCaffrey is going to get a ton of carries to start the game. I definitely like, race to 20 yards and you get plus money for CMC. I love that bet. That's a weird bet because like you're sort of rooting against other 49ers, right? You're not just rooting against Joe Mixon. You're rooting against Brock Purdy or like Ray Ray McLeod on an end around or I, you know, like you're, it's weird. That's sort of a weird thing, but I mean, to get plus money on that is that's hard to resist for sure. I mean, yeah. literally McCaffrey could get that on the first snap of the game. Cause I bet you if Sam Darnold is starting, they are running on the first snap of the oh, game. Oh, they're running like probably the first four plays of the game. Like they're just going to run, 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 run. And you know, no other running back is going to see the field. For right. Them, yeah. So. That's, see, that's see. a good point. Um, for those that are just joining, we don't know if Darnold is starting Brock did practice in a limited fashion yesterday but he still has to be cleared he has to progress through the protocol so we don't know it's probably unlikely because usually guys don't clear the protocol the same week they get the concussion but we don't know so right now Darnold has taken most of the snaps with the ones that practice but no one uh, has ruled out Brock Purdy uh, but I would honestly take this bet even regardless of who the yeah. starter is for the Niners yeah I mean we, we know CMC is running a ton even with Purdy and Either either way, either quarterback that's starting, they're going to want to protect them, right? Purdy's had a couple rough games. They're going to want to make it easier for him. They're going to want to make sure he's not doesn't get hit as well, right? Even if he mm-hmm. does play. So I like this bet. Moving on to the other side of the ball, Joe Burrow over a half of a t- or interception. So he just needs one interception in this game. He's thrown an interception in four of the last five games, threw an interception in three of the last four games of last year, and he has 30 interceptions since 2021, six most in the NFL. So he's a really good quarterback, but he is he's not shy of throwing interceptions, right? And I do think the 49ers have been embarrassed on the road each of the last two weeks, P.J. Walker and Kirk Cousins, and they're just going to – I can't imagine they don't come into this game just so ready to roll that defense. And – even like last week, they played bad. They still got an interception, right? They're still coming down with those turnovers. So I, I like this bet for Joe Burrow to at least throw one interception. 49ers tied with your Steelers for the league league in interceptions last year. They have the same secondary. It all goes back to the pass rush. 
The reason the 49ers got most of their interceptions last year is because pass rush was collapsing on the quarterbacks. They were hurrying their throws. They were not being able to plant, maybe getting hit as they throw. And the Niners secondary was able to take advantage of that. That's what you need. That's why the pass rush is so important because the whole defense is built around it. I hope you're right. Because to me, the only way he gets an interception is if they are getting pressure on him. So if this bet hits, I think that's a very good sign for the 49ers defensive play as a whole. God, I would love to see. Love to see it. I don't, I really hope that we do because I'm worried about Steve Wilkes, like from everything we talked about and what's going through his head. I, I'm, I'm very worried about, about the defense. I am. And that's something that I haven't said in a long time with the 49ers because they've had a really good defense, but I don't know if I would take this one. I guess I would, but I would need more hope than, than anything. I got to ask in the comments who will get the interception. And this is my call right here. Hargrave tips the ball, right? Tips it Ooh. up into the air. Joe Burrow just throws it, gets tipped up, and Fred Warner comes down with it. Just a real short interception. It gets tackled right there. Saying it with your chest. I like it. All right. Fred Warner, good. He's been he's been making those kind of plays this year. So that's not a crazy bet. Uh, he was he looked a little beat up after the game, too. He was talking on his podcast about how his hands hurt, his fingers hurt, his legs hurt. He's going through. Well, I mean, there was a couple like really, really dramatic where you thought these uh, 49ers players were going to be like out forever. I mean, Fred Warner, the way he was screaming, I was like, oh, my God, what happened to him? And then he was just fine. One second later, I'm like, that was after another guy was very, very dramatic after. an. I'm not saying it didn't hurt. Like, Greenlaw was banged. I mean, Greenlaw is running on fumes right now. I think he needs the buy in a big way it was like two people who made like a huge huge scene it was like oh my god they're gonna be out forever and then they were like back the next play i'm like all right <laughs> you just like delayed the game a pretty long time here come on get off the field meat <laughs> yeah. all right best bet number three uh javar chase over 23 and a half longest reception i'm going back to these bets i've been getting away from them i don't know why because these are the ones i hit on the most so he's uh chase has had a 30 plus yard reception in three of the last four games the 49ers gave up a 60-yarder to Addison last week, 58-yarder to Amari Cooper the week before, 29-yarder to C.D. Lamb in week five, a 30-yarder to both Marquise Brown and Michael Wilson in week four. So it's been a long time now since wow. uh, the 49ers have held you know, a player to not 24 the longest reception. We know Jamar Chase is a beast. He could do that after the catch, right? Yeah. So it, I like this one. I think it's a little too low for him. That's the scary thing is that the 49ers – did not, or they gave up a lot of long catches last year. I think they led the league in catches over 50 yards allowed. And as you just laid out, they haven't exactly sure that now, not, not all those are 50 yards, but clearly they're over 23 and a half. I don't think you could uh, fault anybody that takes this bet. Jamar Chase, I think is going to have a very, very good game. Uh, okay. I like those. Do you have one more? Yeah, I have Tyler Boyd because uh, the slot wide receiver I'm always going to take. And they have him at over 32 and a half receiving yards in DraftKings. He's hit that in four of the last five games. Uh, so it's not like he overly hits it, but 38 yards, 39 yards, 39 yards, 52 yards. That's about what he gets. And we know the 49ers just don't seem to care to cover the slot wide receiver. We saw it <laughs> last week. Brandon Powell got it done in the slot. Like Tyler Boyd's a good wide receiver. I, I, I'm fine taking this bet that he'll have 33 yards in the game. Oh man. Isaiah Oliver, we're looking at you. Do your that the scary thing is like he's better than Ambry Thomas. Ambry Thomas is even worse. So it's like you really have no alternative. Can Darrell Luter get healthy? Because at this point, like I just I would love to see somebody else in the slot, but you've talked about it since last year how the slot has been a problem for the 49ers. So yeah, I would take it. You know, I 
if you ask me to pick Tyler Boyd out of a lineup, I probably wouldn't be able to. But if you tell me, is he going to get over 32 and a half receiving yards this week? I would say confidently. Yep. <laughs> I think we can already decide that. I mean, we're far away from having a draft discussion, but in the first round this year, it has to be a tackle or a second a corner. Like those have to be your two options. You may need to draft another kicker though. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Moody, Although- man. What? Thank goodness they gave him the opportunity there at the end. I mean, at the same time, they really needed to-, to kick the yeah. field goal. But, but like for him and to feel more confident in him moving forward, that was nice to see that he made that. But again, I mean, if he didn't miss that one earlier in the game, they wouldn't have needed to have a touchdown at the end there. They would have played it completely different. They would have only needed the field goal. Like he has to stop missing these short 40 yard field goals. That's not acceptable. Like 41 yarders should be. Damn near automatic. That's a wrap on today's best of. We appreciate everyone for listening and making us part of your weekend. Just a quick reminder before we wrap it up, join us live on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook after the game. Immediately after the 49ers game is over, we go live to react to everything that happens, good, bad, and ugly. If you can, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel now and click that little bell That'll notify you every time we go live so you will know immediately when the show starts so you can hop in and join. You don't want to miss it. It's one of our most interactive shows of the entire week, and we always appreciate hearing from you. Have a good weekend, everybody. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. We'll talk after the game.